Snow could now conclude only one thing. Florida's most delicate ecosystem and everything in it was in big trouble. Part 2. A Postcard from Florida. Introducing Alien Invasive Species. There is no foreign land. It is the traveler only that is foreign. Robert Louis Stevenson, The Silverado Squatters. Snakes and Ladders. By the time I caught up with Snow in the fall of 2008 to write a magazine feature about Florida's growing python problem, clearly an enterprise in which puns are all but inescapable, I was but the latest on a rapidly lengthening, sorry again, list of journalists to latch on to the story. Final apology. Unsurprisingly, the jungle-come-hither tale of giant marauding serpents had generated plenty of media attention, engendering a steady stream of fear-mongering since breaking in 2005, celebrated on a continuum of sensationalism that ran the gamut from genuine horror to undisguised glee, global news reports contained no shortage of shocking pictures or dire statistics. Photos depicting Burmese python versus American alligator smackdowns worthy of a Japanese horror flick were accompanied by estimates of up to 150,000 pythons now living and multiplying freely in the Everglades. Typically, and not altogether dishonestly, reports characterized the snakes as voracious, prolific, and capable of reaching six meters in length. It was also inferred that they were moving inexorably north through the state's reticulated waterways, as well as southward onto the Florida Keys. Big news all around, so to speak. Snow and company had been knocking on doors in the halls of both federal and state power long before the Python story blew up. But politicians had thus far refused to act, wary of reprisals from the nation's powerful $40 billion annual pet trade the one-way-or-another source of the invaders. When a two-year-old child was constricted and killed in July 2009 by a Burmese that had escaped its cage in her Tampa home, however, officials finally moved to ban the import and possession of large snakes without a permit, launching a task force that included academic and hobby herpetologists, those who study reptiles and amphibians, invasive species experts, and even ex-wildlife smugglers. After years of inaction, an unrelated tragedy had forced legislators to connect the dots in a picture they'd long been staring at. It was lost on none that the murderous pet was the same species now proliferating in the wilds of the state's southern tier, making the specter of a small child being swallowed by a giant alien snake all too real. As always, galvanization of political and public attention arrived far too late. Over the next few years, neither control nor eradication measures would help stem the rising python tide. Other than vehicles, the snake's only real enemy proved to be the vicissitudes of climate. A lengthy cold snap in January 2010 resulted in the documented death of numerous pythons and the assumed mortality of many more. This welcome setback, however, was short-lived, and the burgeoning python population, now consuming native, often endangered wildlife at an alarming rate, seemed largely unaffected. 
From an ecological standpoint, a large population of a non-native species had just survived its first adaptive challenge and thus its first serious pinch by natural selection. Had the fitness of Florida's Burmese pythons just ratcheted up a notch? Only time would tell, and time is always on evolution's side. In a scenario typical for invasive species that defy easy control, which we'll see is most, the public's help was enlisted. In January 2013, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission instituted a month-long python hunt. Some 1,600 signed up to compete for two prizes in both pro and amateur categories, $1,000 for the longest python killed and $1,500 for the most pythons taken. Given Florida's legally permitted arsenal of weaponry, the well-advertised Python Challenge, TM.